Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Uh, those of you that are listening for the first time, um, appreciate you uh, rocking out with me. Those of you that have been with me for or since the beginning, I appreciate you guys tuning in. What a day, what a day, what a day. First of all, man, my my last day of, of work for the year, so your boy is going to be home, you know, pretty much doing whatever um, until January 3rd, so I'm excited about that. <clears throat> was at work today and was trying to keep up with um, all the things that, that were happening with the early, early signing day and Man, uh, man, you know, it, I I can imagine if I if I would have like not been at work and and just had you know real time to absorb everything that was happening in real time, you know, I, I man, that's crazy. Uh, but you know, starting with the news with you know Dillingham, you know, taking the uh, the Oregon job, you know, I thought that was weird timing to announce it first thing in the morning. Um, I, I wish they would have waited until like after you know everybody kind of had has signed or whatever um it just seemed like it kind of i don't know got the day off started in a funky way um, but they kind of you know went ahead and you know let the news leak out that alex atkins was going to replace dillingham which you know which is a, a great move in my opinion and um you know so so that was that but um man you know it's it, it's crazy it's crazy how much the game changed today um you know, with all of the the things that happened with um, you know Travis Hunter and and all that good stuff, and I, I'm not I'm not going to get into you know you know who's to blame or it really I mean really there's nobody to blame. I mean it's just the nature of the business. I mean I mean the game has literally changed. You know I've seen people online here and there talking about you know fire the coaches and I mean now uh, now we're going to talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> there's a couple that. You know, you got you got you got some you got some, some got some explaining to do, but um, as far as just overall, I mean, you know, it was you know it just um, it's just more so about the nature of the business, I believe. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I think today, you know, it, it looked terrible from a uh, perception and optics point of view. Of course, you know, you don't want to have a guy, the number one guy you know, committed to you, you know, and, and basically just, you know, shutting down every rumor, you know, to, to Georgia and whomever else, you know, the whole time I'm committed, I'm committed, I'm committed. And then, you know, on the day that, you know, he's supposed to sign, you know, you know, flip to uh, FCS school. I mean, you know, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a, a crazy look, um, you know, but, you know, I'll say this, you know, FSU, you know, they absorbed the loss with the Jacksonville State, you know, and I'm telling you, at, at, at the, when I watched that kid cross that goal line that night, I just, I just thought to myself, it is like it, the world ended. It, <laughs> it felt like, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Um, but then, you know, it's crazy how, you know, a few weeks later, a win here, a win there, two wins, three wins, a win over Miami. Then it's like, oh, you know, it's some you didn't you didn't forget the Jacksonville State, you know, happened, but you know, it, you know those wins kind of helped help ease the you know that ease that loss a little bit, and I think FSU has an opportunity to do to do the same thing here with the Travis Hunter news, you know. So, you know, what what 
you know, and, and the positives from this, I think, will, will be will be this. You know, FSU, if Travis Hunter were to sign with FSU today, you know, FSU could have looked at, you know, whatever they did behind the scenes, you know, hey, we 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 beat off Georgia, we beat off Alabama, we beat off all the, you know, we beat all the top schools for this kid, you know, and you know, and that would have been that, right? But what with having today happening, what that is going to force FSU administration, you know, Michael Alford, Mike Novell, the the whole team. That's going to force them to take a step back and say, hold on a second. We can't be satisfied with what we had in place for Travis Hunter, right? Because if they would have signed him, they would have been satisfied with that, and that would have been that, right? So with today happening, they're going to have to look at everything and lay it all on the table and say, hold on a minute. We, we got we to gotta regroup. You know, we got to get all of our ducks in a row. If we're if we're serious about playing big boy football, you know, so whether that's Michael Alford and whoever he hires with Seminole Boosters, you know, forming forming some some you know some real relationships um, with with businesses uh, to impact that that um, NIL deal scene, you know, what whatever they got to do to 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 be able to compete with these other schools, you know, they're, they're going to have to do that <clears throat> because I firmly believe, you know, that is the main reason why, you know, you saw um, Tyree West, you know, decide to go to Tennessee and still sign him with FSU. I mean, you know, Tyree West had, you know, had been, you know, he had been, you know, talking with FSU the whole time. He comes on an unofficial, he comes on an official, you know, and then he goes to Tennessee for one visit, and it's like he signs with Tennessee. And it's like everything he had said up to that point, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, hey, we're, I feel like we're in the driver's seat, right? Then you have, you know, Julian Armella. You know, he just um, visited for his official. Mom Dukes came. Mom's happy. He's happy. I mean, he was talking like he was committed, you know, already. And then it's almost like, you know, he kind of saw what was happening. I'm just speculating here. I, I don't know exactly what happened. But, you know, it sounds like, you know, he got wind of, you know, maybe somebody else was offering something or he saw what Travis Hunter was doing. You know, I don't know. Um, but ultimately, he didn't sign with anybody. So that kind of makes me feel like, you know, he's like, hey, you know, let me see what I can, let me see what, you know, how valuable I am, because I know I have suitors outside of FSU. Um, you know, I can just wait another two months and then, you know, then sign with somebody and, and you know, and, and see how that shakes out. You know, so that's, you know, that's three occasions right there where um, I believe, you know, NIL impacted uh, some players where, you know, in a, in a normal in a normal year, you probably you probably sign, you know, those guys, you know, so. You know, again, that's going to force FSU to put everything on the table and decide if they want to play big boy football or not. If they if they don't, then we might as well get used to, you know, being you know six, seven, eight win team tops, and you know, as somebody else said on on Twitter today, you know, being being the new Nebraska, or whatever. Um, you know, so I'm curious to see what 
what FSU is going to do um, between now and National Signing Day because they have two months. They got two months to work on this NIL deal, and they could they could potentially save face a little bit, right? So if they put if they get if they get their ducks in a row and they they ultimately sign Armella, I saw that linebacker Daniel Martin. Uh, did not sign today, and he he posted a top three with um, I think it was Oregon, FSU, and Vanderbilt. And linebacker is a huge need, right? And he's a blue chip player. Um, I think he's uh, right over the top, right in the top two hundred players somewhere in there. Um, and if you could just sign those two guys, those two blue chip guys right there, that's going to impact you know your ranking. Which you know that's what people care about. What do you rank? What do you ranked? They don't you know they don't really look at the needs. Um, if they're met or not, um, you know, so if FSU can, can do that, um, you know, get everything lined up, get those two guys or, you know, someone comparable, whomever, and then, um, you know, strike gold in the transfer portal, which a lot of people, a lot of people are, are confused, I believe, and looking at this 2022 class thinking it was going to have a big impact on this upcoming season, and it's, and it's not. Um, I mean, you had maybe, you know, three or four guys that would probably play and, and play a significant time. You know, Hunter would have played, McCall probably, Thomas, you know, which is which is a great get. You know, Azariah Thomas is a great get um, by FSU. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe um, Rodney, Rodney Hill maybe get some snaps, you know, running back, but um, – you know, very few of those guys want to want to make an impact in um, in 2022. Before I get too deep into this, let me go ahead and um, shout out our sponsor, um, BetOnline.ag. Uh, make sure you head over there, and um, if you if you haven't signed up before, um, you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. Um, there's you know NBA, MMA, NFL, uh, college bowl games coming up. So if you're into betting, um, you know, hopefully you can you know, create an account, use that uh, first deposit, uh, welcome bonus, and, and make you some money. You know, because if, um, if you'd have bet that um, if there were odds that Travis Hunter would have signed with Jackson State today, you know, and you bet on it, you would have, you know, won a lot of money. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, you know, FSU's whole plan this this recruiting cycle was to you know land in like the twenty to twenty three range as far as high school kids, and then use the rest of uh, those slots for um, the portal. And um, you know we 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 talked about it. You know we we knew that you know they needed to to go and get you know one or two defensive ends. They needed to go and you know get a couple of offensive linemen. Um, you know, we knew they needed to um, get a couple of wide receivers. And so, that, you know, they, they, they're already on, you know, they're already targeting guys in the portal for those positions. Um, now, you know, that they didn't sign any wide receivers, then, of course, you know, you're going to have to, um, you know, go to the portal and, and really do your homework and hopefully get somebody there. And I want to talk about, you know, I talked about, you know, coaches having to, some things to explain. You know, Mike Novell, you know, he, he's already made one change with, you know, Marv leaving and going to Virginia Tech. And if, if Marv didn't leave and go to Virginia Tech, I think Marv was going to be gone anyway. So, you know, they've got Randy Shannon in there. You know, 
Ron Dugans has has not done much on the recruiting trail um, before this year. Um, obviously, he didn't sign anyone this recruiting cycle. I mean, they, he let Devon Mortimer flip to, to Louisville of all places. You know, so in my opinion, Dugans, Dugans has to go. Um, and you have a, the, the perfect opportunity now where, I mean, the, you know, you kind of, you know, whenever you're dealing with, you know, an alum, you know, sometimes it's, it's harder to let them go. You kind of give them a little bit more, you know, leeway than you would someone else. But, you know, y- there's no excuses here. You, you got to go. And Mike Novell has to get uh, – he's got to get one or two more ace recruiters on the staff. You know, um, he's got – you know, Dillingham did a lot of work on the trail. I mean, when Dillingham is involved with Kevin Coleman, when he's involved with Michael Pittman, you know, as much or more than your wide receivers coach, I mean, come on. That, that kind of speaks volumes to me, right? So that's one change. I think you know. I think his contract expires next month. You know, that's something Mike's got to. He's got to hold him accountable, and he, you know, he's got to. He's got to get somebody in here that's um, you know willing to willing to grind just like just like everybody else. Um, like I said, I I kind of I kind of want to wanted to go in on Odell, but like I said, I think. I think that was, you know, I think Odell did did a lot of work with um with with getting West in a position to sign, but you know, if you if you don't have your ducks in a row as far as um you know certain things, it, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you saw that with Travis Hunter, you know, um, you know Chris Thompson, you know, it, you know he he's he's getting some guys, but you know there's not really difference makers, you know, so to speak. So Mike Novell needs to. Um, look at you know the entire staff and decide you know what he wants to do um, because if he doesn't make any changes then you're going to keep getting the same results that we're getting so what today what today did was like I said it made everybody look look at everything put it all on the table and say okay are we going to play big boy football or not and then it, it also forced Mike Novell to look at his staff and say okay we we missed uh, on a linebacker, we only signed one linebacker. Okay, made a change, got Randy Shannon there. Okay, so we're going to see what he's going to do coming up, you know, next year. Dugans didn't sign anybody. Hey, you got to go. We got to get somebody in here to, you know, that can recruit wide receivers. And then you got to find somebody to replace Kenan Dillingham's spot. You know, Atkins moved into the OC role, but that still leaves a spot open. Um, so whether it's a quarterback coach or whatever, you need somebody in that spot that can recruit. You got to be able to compete, um, you know, with the other schools uh, on the trails with guys that are dogs that want to go out and do the work. And you also got to get, you know, everything aligned with that NIL deal. You know, if they do that, and you know, like I said, they they kind of, you know, write the ship on you know the next signing day in February. You know, nobody nobody's gonna forget, you know, what happened today. But at the same time, you can still address, you know, some needs in your class and um, have something to sell um, or, or, you know, or, or have a little bit of momentum going into, you know, spring. And um, then hopefully, you know, um, you know, the summer goes well and they'll, they'll get off to um, a good start with uh, the 2023 class. You know, they really they really got to get everything aligned to to have a little bit of momentum between now and the signing day and then, you know, kind of go from there. Um, but I want to go back to wide receivers. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, are talking about, you know, not signing. Listen, 
I do believe, I do believe, um, you know, you, you have to, to recruit through, you know, the high schools. Um, but at the same time, I want, I want people to understand, and I, I, I've been saying this for years. I even said it with Malik McLean last year. Even though he was an early enrollee, you know, I was telling everybody, hey, you got to temper expectations. You can't expect a freshman, even if he is an early enrollee, to go out there and just just ball out. It just it is few and far between. You know, just it just it's just not going to happen for the most part. You know, and you know, and so people were thinking that you know Kevin Coleman was going to come in here and just you know if he signed with FSU and just you know, be a game changer. Um, Destin Hill, even Destin Hill last year, you know, if, if he came in here, you know, guys, it's, it's just not going to, it's just, it's very rare for that to happen. You know, so what I did was, you know, I'm always somebody that's going to back up what I say. So I went and did the homework on this and you can go back. I only did it one year because it took a while to do it, but you can go back and look at it multiple years. And I'm almost positive that, you know, it'll, it will, it'll shake out this way. So I went back to last year's class. Um, 20, you know, 2021, and um, I'm, I'm going to pull it up so I can tell you who who signed with who. Hold on just a second. And you're going to see that across the board, freshman wide receivers just did not do much at all. And I think I think some of this is probably going to surprise you. Okay, so here we go. So I'm going to go through the, the top 20 wide receivers from 2021. And so the first guy is a five-star, number 10 national player overall, Emeka Ekbuka. Signed with Ohio State. He played in 10 games. He had, he had six receptions for 145 yards. The number two guy, Ja'Cory Brooks, signed with Alabama. Number 27 overall. He played in 13 games, had five receptions, 78 yards, and one touchdown. Troy Franklin, number 41 player overall, signed with Oregon, had played in 13 games, 14 receptions for 144 yards and one touchdown. Mario Williams, number 43 overall, signed with Oklahoma, played in 11 games. He had 33 receptions for 347 yards and four touchdowns. But, you know, Oklahoma throws it all over the place and they have a good quarterback play. And they don't play defense in the Big 12. Big 12. Then we got number five, um, Aggie Hall, played in five games, uh, signed with Alabama. Two receptions for 20 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, number six, JoJo Earl, signed with Alabama. Number 47 overall, played in 10 games, 12 receptions for 148 yards, zero touchdowns. Dante Thornton, number seven. Uh, receiver, number 57 overall, signed with Oregon. He played in 13 games, had five receptions for 85 yards and one touchdown. Uh, number eight wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, number 62 overall, signed with Texas. And he played in 12 games. Now, he killed it. He had 62 receptions for 981 yards and 12 touchdowns. Number nine receiver, Deion Smith, signed with LSU. Uh, played uh, in six games. He had 11 receptions for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Number 10 receiver, Christian Leary. Uh, number 75 overall, signed with Alabama. Uh, played in six games, had two receptions for 11 yards and one touchdown. Moving right along. 
We have um, Chris Hilton, number 11 wide receiver overall, number 79 nationally, LSU signee. And he played in three games, had one reception for zero yards and zero touchdowns. Number 12 wide receiver, Bo Collins, signed with Clemson, number 86 national player. Ten games he played in, 28 receptions for 387 yards, three touchdowns. Number 13, wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. signed with LSU. Played in 11 games. He had 26 receptions for 344 yards and two touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, number 97, player overall. Number 14, wide receiver, signed with Ohio State. 12 games, five receptions for 68 yards, zero touchdowns. Do you, do you, do you see what's happening here? Number 15, wide receiver Jaden Ballard, signed with Ohio State. Uh, number 99 player overall. He played in three games, one reception for four yards. Number 16 um, wide receiver Deion Cozy signed with Notre Dame. Ten games, four receptions for 67 yards. Cody Jackson signed with Oklahoma. Two games, five receptions for 45 yards. Shadrach Banks uh, signed with uh, Texas A&M. Uh, he had no stats, so, and he wasn't on the roster, so I don't know if he didn't qualify or what. Uh, Destin Hill signed with, with FSU, you know, last cycle, and, of course, we know what happened with him. Or, or actually, we don't. You know, we just, we're just waiting to see if he's going to show up. The number 20 wide receiver, Lorenzo Styles, signed with Notre Dame. He played in 12 games, had 16 receptions for 208 yards. And just for comparison's sake, uh, we'll look at FSU, FSU signee Malik McLean. He was the number 42 wide receiver overall. He played in uh, all 12 games, had 16 receptions for 190 yards and two touchdowns. And then just for fun comparison's sake, we had um, Rashad Green, you know, FSU great. You know, as a freshman, he played in nine games. You know, remember he got hurt, had an ankle injury, I think it was. And Rashad Green had 38 receptions for 596 yards and seven touchdowns. So, guys, freshman wide receivers are not going to come in and just blow you away like some people seem to think. It's just it's just not going to happen. I really think that – I mean, I still believe you're going to have to recruit high school you know, receivers. I mean, I'm not, I'm not questioning that. But I do think schools may have to tweak – their high, their 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 wide receiver recruiting a little bit, um, because you know wide receiver you know there's a lot of nuances that go into it. You have to be, you know, physically ready. You have to be you know mentally prepared to, um, to you know to to make your adjustments on based on the defense. You know the different releases, all that good stuff. Um, I mean we we got guys at, at FSU that are upperclassmen and they're struggling against man-to-man coverage you know so you know I think I think FSU for the for the foreseeable future um you know definitely they have no choice for the 2020-22 cycle you know you're going to have to go in there and get you know at least two portal guys you know and 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 hopefully you can you can sign like like one or two on wide receivers in the 2023 class maybe two to three wide receivers, but still you're going to have to go into that portal and, and, and probably get two more wide receivers that are, that are ready to play. If you want them to have, you know, if you want the passing game to really, you know, you know, 
take that next step uh, under Mike Novell. You know, if you're out there just depending on true freshmen to 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 do things, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You know, um, so that's just something I wanted to put out there. Um, for whatever reason, a lot of people just assume you know these freshmen are going to come in here and just you know just you know play out of this world and. And, you know, it's just few and far between. You know, you, you really don't see – most of the time you can see defensive backs come in as true freshmen and make an impact. You know, we kind of saw that um, with FSU um, this year with Amarion uh, Cooper and Kevin Knowles. Uh, and we know Kevin Knowles was, you know, an early enrollee. And, um, you know, it took him a little while to kind of get adjusted. It took Amarion Cooper a little longer because he was not an early enrollee. And um, but, we, you know, we kind of saw him come on about midway through the um, the year. So, you know, moving forward, um, you know, FSU, you know, they got to address the, the defensive end position, um, offensive line, um, linebacker, wide receiver. Um, and I would still go out and get a quarterback from the portal if, if I could, you know. And if, if they can do those things, you know, they have, you know, almost everybody coming back. You know, we saw uh, Amara Gaynor say he was going to come back. Uh, Robert Cooper's coming back. Um, they, they did lose Deshaun Corbin. Oh, and that's another. So you probably do need to go out and get a running back uh, from the portal, if at all possible. Um, I think I talked about that on the uh, last podcast. But, um, you know, you're going to have pretty much the same team that you had last year for the most part. And I, I haven't had a chance to to watch the coaches' um, press conferences about today's signing class, but I I do think I read that uh, Adam Fuller said that they may look to move uh, Dennis Briggs Jr. Um, from you know he came in as a defensive end, you know kind of moved him inside a defensive tackle, and he played really well before he got hurt. That they may look to move him back to defensive end, and and I think that would be a smart move, you know, to kind of alleviate. Um, if you miss on, you know, on someone from the portal or if, you know, Quayshawn Fuller and, and the guys that you have in there um, or the young guys, you know, Patrick Payton and those guys, if they don't quite develop the way you need to, I think Briggs is somebody that you can put in there at least on one end and, and, and be serviceable at the very least, you know. But um, today was really all about, you know, all about perception. I mean, when you look at it, you know, um, they they got the the most important recruit to sign in my opinion, which was AJ Duffy, and I, I know I tweeted that before today, even before Travis Hunter, um, you know, decided to to to, to go elsewhere. You know, I, I had told people that Travis Hunter was was the most important recruit in holding that class together, particularly when the, the you know they were zero and four and they were struggling, and you know he was you know saying I'm all in, you know. And, you know, and getting those other guys to kind of stay committed, but when it when it, when you're talking about making an impact on the program, the quarterback position is the most important position. And I had somebody to you know to kind of dispute what I was saying about you know Hunter being a day one starter and and all that good stuff. And here here's what I'll say to that: go back to the 2015 season. Um, when FSU had um, Sean McGuire and Everett Golson as the quarterback and Derwin James, who was a freak, um, starting as a freshman, 
How many more games do you think FSU would have won if they'd have had, you know, better quarterback play? How many games did FSU win because Derwin James was on the field? Right? Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., second round pick, you know, could have been a late first round pick, absolute dog. How much, you know, great player, great player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But how many, how many games did FSU win because Asante Samuel Jr. was playing cornerback um, the last couple years when FSU had poor quarterback play? Right? Good quarterback play trumps a cornerback, you know. And, and I know somebody was saying, you know, it, it'll be year three before Duffy plays. And, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll redshirt this year probably and then, you know, have an opportunity to play next year, you know. So Duffy, Duffy, as far as wins and losses moving forward, I think Duffy's going to would have more impact on the program overall just in terms of wins and losses than – than Travis Hunter, from a, like I said, from a perception standpoint, you know, it it looked bad. It looked real bad, you know, for that to happen today. But for Duffy to to sign, that was that was a huge, huge get. Um, now, hopefully, you know, he can avoid injury. You know, we'll do things that happen to you know with Chubba Purdy and all that good stuff, and he can have time to you know develop and and actually you know get on the field um, when he you know after he's had time to develop. So, you know, you know, you got to, you know, hopefully, you know, that pans out. But I'm just talking in general. If, if everything's, you know, everything's equal and, you know, you can rule out in a perfect world injuries and all that good stuff, quarterback quarterback is the most important position. Um, all you got to do is look at 2015, look at, you know, 2017 when they had to play James Blackman um, as a true freshman and, and Durbin was on the team, you know, so – um, Duffy was huge, um, and still getting those offensive linemen to sign. Um, I mean, you know, you got Jalen Early, Sap, um, you got Daughtry Richardson, uh, Kenaya Charlton. I mean, even even without getting Armello, that is still that is still a really good haul for you know offensive linemen and. And most offensive linemen should not be playing as true freshmen, so you shouldn't expect them to play, um, you know, next year. All of them would need time to, to, to you know, develop, get bigger, stronger uh, in the strength conditioning program. But getting those guys is huge. Um, and then looking at, you know, a lot of people did not believe FSU would hold on to Sam McCall. And lo and behold, he was the first person to send in his um, – a letter of intent this morning. You know, when I saw that, I was just like, wow. I was like, that's that's crazy. If you would have bet anybody back in, like, uh, February, March, right after he committed, if that would have been the case, you would have won all those bets, right? Um, you know, getting uh, Azariah Thomas is big. You know, not seeing that he could, you know, he could replace um, Hunter, but he does play defensive back, and he is a top 100 recruit. So, you know, that was a nice get that you would not have gotten um, – you know, uh, say a month or so ago. Um, so, you know, they, they met some needs. They got a quarterback. You know, they got offensive linemen. Um, you know, they they have, you know, a running back with, um, you know, Rodney Hill, who I think is really underrated. 
the guy Aaron Hester at defensive end, uh, I think Hester can can turn out to be you know a, a pretty good player, you know legacy recruit. So shout out to him. And then um, he, I don't know what's happening. Uh, we had Dante Anderson. You know if you if you read ChopChat.com, I mentioned that he would be a potential backup plan in case they they missed on um, Marvin Jones Jr. And we saw that he committed today, but he is not being listed uh, as a commit. Um, and, and he's not being counted in the, um, you know, in the, the class ranking. Um, I, I think I heard, you know, that he may be a preferred walk-on. You know, I, I'm not sure what's going on with that. But, you know, he, you know, he's an edge rusher. Um, he's going to be, you know, going to need some work. Um, but, you know, so, they, you know, they, they tried to uh, address the, um, the edge position with him. You know, so, so we'll see how, how that works out. But if you were to add him, I mean, he is listed as a blue chip recruit. If you were to add him, you know, that, that moves FSU to uh, number 16 overall, uh, right in front of Clemson, I think it is. And then, like I said, if, you, if you're able to land uh, Armella and uh, Martin, that linebacker, you know, that's going to give you two more blue chip recruits um, uh, in February. And who knows who else, you know, I haven't had a chance to see who, who, who else did not sign today that are, you know, coming out of high school. Uh, I may, I may, if I get some time here, um, see, you know, who's still out there, who, you know, who could be potential targets, um, and, and as well as, you know, guys from the transfer portal. But, you know, so, t so today, takeaway was, you know, some needs were met. Um, opti you know, from the optic standpoint, it looked really bad with um the deal that went with Travis Hunter. But I think FSU can use you know what went down today as a way to um not be satisfied with what they thought they had done. Um go ahead and put it all on the table and decide if they're gonna play, you know, big boy football or not. And then also um today's happenings is is it should open Mike Novell's eyes as to what he needs to do um from a um you know, a, a coach's standpoint and and then make moves from there and then see if they can win some games in 2022. Um, you know, all he has to do is, is show some, some improvement. You know, if they can win, say, eight games um, next year, and um, I haven't really looked at the schedule, um, but if they can win eight games next year, you know, then that'll kind of, you know, take a little bit of heat off of his back and also show, you know, continued progress with um, recruits. And if FSU can, you know, get all their ducks in a row as far as NIL and, um, you know, things like that, then, you know, FSU, you know, I think you can kind of say, okay, they survived. Um, arguably, the you know, one of the worst signing days that, that I remember. And, um, you know, they are – they're still climbing, so to speak. But – um that's all I have without rambling. I feel like I'm about to lose my voice, but, um, but you know, I really appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, like I said, this, uh, it was, it was, it was a bad day, but it was, I don't think it's as bad as, as, as people think it is. If FSU does what they, what they need to do to correct, um, certain things. So we'll see what they decide to do, um, between now and signing day. And I'm sure I will be um, talking with you guys soon. And, um, again, appreciate you. Make sure you um, um, rate us five stars. 
subscribe on whatever plat platform you're using and um tell a friend about us man you know like i said i'm i try to be a little different than than all the other podcasts out there i don't want to just you know come from the same angles and things like that to try to try to be level-headed and 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 not so emotional like a lot of the people on the timeline were today some of you some of you guys were were kind of ridiculous man is come on it's we're talking about teenagers at the end of the day you know it's not going to affect you really at all you know so they're kids let them be kids and um you know be be better than that but appreciate you guys again and um, go nose listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.